0: are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. Jam-packed with information and news regarding last night's NBA games. We've got some major news in the Golden State Sacramento series, as news came down late last night regarding Draymond Green and possibly DeMontis Sabonis. We're going to talk about, like I said, the three games that were last night. Also, I want to talk about Jalen Hurts for a little bit. A couple days ago, he signed a $255 million contract. I have some thoughts on Jalen Hurts, a little bit of baseball, and I'm going to end with more NHL playoff hockey. Everybody has played, every series has played one game so far, and right now the road teams are dominating and the West home teams are failing We'll get to that momentarily. All right, let's get started. First off, last night's games, all the home teams won and covered. And I don't know if you know this, the NBA playoffs started on Saturday. There were four games on Saturday, four games on Sunday, two games on Monday night, three games last night. So that is 13 games so far in the NBA playoffs. From a gambling perspective, the winner of the game is 13-0 against the spread. So remember that statistic I gave you back around Super Bowl time where I'm just like, look, you just got to pick the winner of the Super Bowl. It's like the winning the winner of the Super Bowl covers 90% of the time. The, the line doesn't really come into play very often. And... You know, we've had, what, 57 Super Bowls. It's like 51-5-1 and one, or something ridiculous like that. Well, 13 games into the NBA playoffs, and once again, the line has not mattered. If you picked the winner of the game, whether they were an underdog to win outright or a favorite to cover, you're 13-0. and 0. Three more last night. Boston was a 10.5-point favorite against Atlanta. They won by 13. Cleveland was a 5.5-point favorite against the Knicks. They won by 13. 17, and Phoenix was eight-point favorites over the Clippers. They won by 14, so they all covered. And starting in Boston, I just don't see how that series, maybe Atlanta squeaks out a game, but this isn't going more than five. There isn't a hell of a lot to say about that series. Atlanta got off to a good start last night. They built an 11-point lead, and it was gone by (laughs) halftime. So uh, Boston was just like, oh, wait, the game had started? Okay, let's actually start trying now, and blew the doors off Atlanta. One by 13, and it wasn't even that close. Cleveland got a much-needed win. Obviously, you couldn't have gone down 0-2 at home to the Knicks, and that was close for a little bit in the first half. And then, once again, Cleveland uh, pulled away in about mid-second quarter, went up by 12 or 14, and they never looked back, basically led by double digits the rest of the way. Something interesting happened in the Phoenix Clippers game. If you're an NBA diehard and you listen to podcasts about statistics when it comes to Chris Paul, you probably had heard the one about Chris Paul and the referee, Scott Foster. If you didn't, know this. Scott Foster is a longtime NBA veteran referee. And apparently Scott Foster does not like Chris Paul. It's just known in circles in the NBA circles, he doesn't like them. They don't get along. I don't know how many technicals he's given Chris Paul, but they just don't get along. But what kind of emphasizes that point, kind of drills it home, is the fact that going into last night's game, Chris Paul had lost his last 13 playoff games where Scott Foster was the referee. Last night, Scott Foster was the referee. And they won, so the streak is over. But before that, he had lost 13 in a row, but before that he was 2-4. and four. So he was 2-17 and 17 before last night in playoff games where Scott Foster was one of the officials. You can't explain something like that other than you might want to pay attention in the future anytime Scott Foster is officiating a game that Chris Paul is in. And this goes back to the Hornets, to when he was with the Clippers, the one year with the Rockets, OKC. Now this, and now the Suns, 2, and now he's 3-17 and 17 in playoff games officiated by Scott Foster. So keep that in mind. Last night, Phoenix just played so much better than they did in Game 1. It's almost like, you know, one of the things when it comes to not even, it, it, it can apply to gambling as well, but one of the theories when you get to playoff basketball on teams that are close to in ability so maybe the the 4-5 game the 4-5 seed matchup or maybe even the 3-6 maybe not so much the 1-8 or the 2-7 but basically the theory goes it's a zigzag theory whatever happens in game one you bet against it in game two and it certainly applied. It's only a two-game sample here with the Clippers. Clippers won game one, so you bet the other team in game two. You bet the Suns, and, and they won. No, it didn't apply to the um, Golden State series, and it didn't apply to the Boston series. It didn't apply to Philly. But the theory goes, whatever happens in game one, you bet the opposite game two. And it looks like Phoenix went back to the drawing board and looked at some things that the Clippers were doing defensively and decided, wait a second, we got to change up the way we attack this team. And they did, and they got great numbers from basically all their players, all their starters, I should say, because this is something I think that will eventually hurt Phoenix down the line and why I don't think that they are going to be the Western Conference Conference representative. I just don't see it. They don't have a bench. They had 13 points off their bench last night when they scored, what, 123 points? 110 of their 123 points were scored by their starters. And they've got the best starting five. Of any of the 16 teams in the NBA playoffs, the Phoenix Suns have the best starting five DeAndre Ayton, Torrey Craig, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker. Booker went for 38, Durant had 25, Chris Paul had 16 points and eight assists. Torrey Craig had 17 points. Deandre Ayton had 14 points, 13 boards. Their bench had Josh Okogie got him six. Bismack Biyombo got him. Uh, Josh Okogie got him seven. Bismack Biyombo got him six. That was it. Landry Shamet played 13 minutes, no points. I don't even know. Damian Lee three minutes, no points. Ty Warren two minutes, no points. I, you can't go through four series. And win 16 games with literally only five players that score for you. It's just you have to have a bench. This will eventually end up hurting them. It might even hurt them in this series against the Clippers because the Clippers are much deeper. If the Clippers had Paul George, they're winning this series. Now that I've watched two games, they are really missing just the fact that they don't have Paul George, who was one of the top 15 players in the NBA when he's healthy. Anyway, they got a split. They go to. L.A. for game three and four, and you know, we'll see what happens. Again, this is I have a feeling this is going to be a long series. I think this series is going seven. And then when you get to a seventh game, home team usually wins, I think, 75% of the time, but still, it means still a 25% chance the road team can win. And we saw what Phoenix did in the Western Conference semifinals last year when they had a seventh game at home against the Dallas Mavericks and were down by 30 at halftime. So keep that in mind. But the streak is over when it comes to Chris Paul and Scott Foster. 13 in a row he had lost. It's crazy. Big news that came down during the Phoenix Clippers game last night is the fact that Draymond Green has been suspended for Thursday night's game at home, game three, against the Sacramento Kings. That is a obviously a huge, huge loss for the Golden State Warriors. If they lose the game and fall behind 3 will people say it's because Draymond was suspended? I'm sure. But, I mean, he's the anchor of their defense. It's a big, big loss. Now, as of me recording this, they're saying DeMontis Sabonis is questionable for Game 3 because of a sternum contusion he got when Draymond stepped on him. But... Obviously, it's a bigger loss, I think, if Draymond doesn't play. Actually, you know what? I take that back. If they both don't play, it's a bigger loss that the Kings are without Sabonis. They run their whole offense through him, and their offense is what has killed the Warriors the first two games of the series. He literally touches the ball in almost every possession, and he just, you know, does the dribble handoff which has people fighting through screens and chasing. And if he's not there to catch the ball literally on every possession, that's a huge, huge mismatch for their offense. Whereas Draymond, yes, he's the anchor of their defense. And yes, he does handle the ball a lot on offense, but he is not as focal to the golden state offense, not nearly as focal as the golden state offense as DeMontis is to Sacramento's offense. So, Yeah, I think that's a bigger loss if Sabonis doesn't play on Thursday. As I said yesterday, Sacramento held court. Golden State has to win games three and four. Could they come back from a 3-1 deficit? Sure. Unlikely, but could they? Yes. I'm just looking at it as I think they need to win three and four and make this a three-game series. And you got to win a road game. They've been terrible on the road all year long. They were eleven and thirty during the regular season. They're now 0-2. They're eleven and thirty-three on the road this year. But they gotta win one. They gotta keep that streak alive for them, which is to win one road game in 27 consecutive playoff series. So I know I say this a lot, but yeah, we will see come Thursday. I think Golden State wins Thursday handily, and then I think game four is a little bit closer. I thought that, well, I should say, I thought that before the Draymond suspension. If if Sabonis plays and Draymond is out, a Golden State is in a world of hurt. And you, you can't be like, oh, my God, I can't believe Sacramento won and they're up 3-0. I mean, one of the three most important players in this team's dynasty run these last eight years is missing the game. He missed Game 5 in the 2016 Finals against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and look what happened there when they were up 3-1. Lost that game at home. Then lost Game 6 back in Cleveland, and then lost Game 7 at home. So they need Draymond. I know he doesn't shoot well. I know he doesn't. he's not a threat offensively, and you're basically playing 4-on-5 on offense, but they've been playing 4-on-5 on offense and won four titles that way. So clearly they know how to play with a guy who doesn't score. He is the anchor of their defense. He runs everything. If he's not there, they're already having problems defensively guarding Sacramento. I that is a huge loss. And you know what? You kind of had to do it. If you suspended him in game 5 for game 5 of the 2016 NBA Finals against the Cleveland Cavaliers when his leg kind of in a momentum swing went up and kicked LeBron in the nuts. This was a blatant, he was pissed off, he was frustrated, the team was losing, he wasn't playing well, Sabonis grabbed his leg, and he purposely stomped on the guy's chest. You can't do that. I don't disagree with the NBA's decision. They had to suspend him. That is a stomp on a guy's chest. You can't do that. I don't care if he grabs your leg or not. Rip your leg out from his arms. That's all you got to do. So, bad move by Draymond. Very selfish. I'm curious to see because... I know he defended it, and he's like, they grabbed my leg for the second game in a row. What am I supposed to do? Well, you're supposed to not kick somebody in the chest. That's what you're supposed to do. I hope he takes responsibility for this. I hope he owns it, and I hope he apologizes because he let his team down. It was a selfish move. There's no other way to look at it. It was a selfish move because he wasn't playing well, the team was losing, and he was frustrated that someone grabbed his leg. And now look where it got him. Suspended. Suspended he doesn't get to play in a playoff game where they desperately need him cuz they're down 2-0 in a series for the first time since 2007. Bad move all around. And if they lose, yeah, I think a lot of people will pinpoint Draymond being suspended. And you know what? Remember Draymond coming up this offseason, he's the one guy they haven't taken care of yet. Could this be if they lose thursday and then ultimately lose the series or if they lose the series even if they win thursday but lose this series is this ultimately the nail in the coffin for draymond in golden state and they just say look we had a great run but it's time to move on because he's gonna want a lot of money he's gonna want 30 million dollars a year and can you can you justify paying 30 million dollars a year to a guy who doesn't average double digits in points I know he's the vocal leader of the team. I know he's the defensive leader of the team, but at some point, you've got to draw the line of how can we, we can we keep giving guys thirty million a year? They're gonna have five guys on their team making more than twenty five million a year if they give that to Draymond. I don't even I don't even know if it's possible. I think it is, but can they justify? You know, for a guy who averages you know nine points and eight rebounds and five assists, I it's tough. Stats-wise, no, but Draymond is about more than stats for that team. He's the heart and soul of the team. Anybody up there will tell you that. But you paid Jordan Poole, you paid Clay, you paid Wiggins, you paid Steph. Can you do this? I don't know. So I mentioned the other day, well, I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that Jalen Hurts signed a five-year, $255 million extension with the Philadelphia Eagles, and I know a lot of you will say, oh my gosh, he's had one good year in the NFL. Well, he's had one and a half. He's only played in the league three years, barely played his first year, took over as a starter in his second year, made the playoffs, and then obviously took them to the Super Bowl where they had a double-digit lead at halftime and you know, lost. And so he's now the highest-paid player in NFL history. But that doesn't mean much because – when Dak Prescott signed his contract 2 years ago, he was the highest paid player in NFL history. And that lasted like one off-season because it's just it's a numbers game. Justin Herbert when he signs his next contract will probably end up being the highest paid player. And then when Joe Burrow signs his, he'll be the highest paid player. It's just it's the going rate for quarterbacks. It's what you have to pay. Unfortunately, that's just the way it's going right now. You have to have a an outstanding quarterback. I want to say this about Jalen Hurts. I told you the only teams that I openly root for in sports are the Dodgers and the Lakers. That's it. Grew up in Southern California, so naturally I gravitate to those two teams. I'm a fan of players, and I'm a fan of coaches, and Jalen Hurts is a guy that I absolutely love. And his story is unbelievable. His first two years in college, he went 26-2 and at Alabama, had one national championship. And then at halftime of the national championship game in his third year, or was it second? Sorry, his second year. So his freshman year, he takes Alabama to the national championship game, and they lose. Then eleven and one regular season, win the SEC championship his sophomore year, win the first win the semifinal game and get to the national championship game against Georgia, and they're down 13-0 at halftime, and Nick Saban pulls him. Pulls a guy who at that point was 26-2 in his college career. But Al Ballin was down 13-0, Nick Saban pulled him, they bring in Tua, the rest is history. You know what happened. So going into his junior season, he still stuck it out. And he said, you know what, I'm going to stay here. Tua got the starting job. Jalen Hurts never said peep, never bitched. And what happened? SEC championship game against Georgia. The team he got benched for the year before in the national championship game. In the SEC championship, Tua gets hurt. Jalen comes in and wins the SEC championship. After that season, moved on. Decided to go to Oklahoma and was a Heisman finalist for his senior season at Oklahoma where he put up ridiculous numbers. Threw for 3,800 yards and 32 touchdowns when he never threw for over 2700 yards at Alabama or 23 touchdowns. And then everybody just said, "Oh, he's not he's a system quarterback. He just he's only he's a great college co- college player. He'll never make it in the NFL." You ever heard Jalen Hurts in an interview? Most hum, one of the most humble athletes I've ever seen on in the NFL. Cuz you know the NFL, it's all about me me me. This guy is a team guy, never complains, always talks about the team, always puts the team first. You can't. It's impossible not to like this guy. Is he worth $51 million a year? Look, if the check doesn't bounce, that's what he's worth, because that's the going rate for really good quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, he's only played three years. I get it. But it's just, it's the sign of the times. It doesn't. Nobody should get upset at that. It's not your money. What do you care how much he makes? It's not your money. So I don't care how much he makes. I don't care how much anybody makes in sports. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't affect my life in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't affect me at all. Let them make what they want to make. Free enterprise, right? If somebody is willing to pay them that, then that's what they're worth. But Jalen Hurts, love that guy. Have loved that guy ever since college. Ever since that happened to him at Alabama getting benched at halftime of the national championship game, and then Tua throws that game-winning touchdown, and Jalen Hurts is the first guy running on the field to hug Tua. And then stuck around his junior year and sat there and watched Tua become a star in college. Never said a word, never said peep. Tua gets hurt at the SEC championship game, and Jalen comes back and gets his revenge on Georgia. I mean, you can't write that better. And then decided, look, I'm not going to start here. I might as well transfer. And then he goes and puts up the season he did at Oklahoma. I mean, he was he was great. Great college player. So much fun watching him in the pros. And he, if you're if you're into fantasy football, he is a top three quarterback to have in fantasy football. And finally, I want to end with this NHL hockey. The playoffs have started four games last night, four games on Monday night. Obviously, four in the Eastern Conference, four in the Western Conference. Do you know that the Western Conference home teams, all the teams that were favored, all the teams that had a better record and had home ice advantage, all four Western Conference teams lost game one? (coughs) Excuse me. Lost game one. Wild won at the Stars. Kings won at the Oilers. Oilers were up 3-1 in the third period. Kings tied it with under two minutes to go and then won it in overtime. And then last night, the two Western Conference games – saw uh, Winnipeg blew out the Vegas Golden Knights 5-1, and the Kraken beat the defending Stanley Cup champions, the Avalanche, 3-1. So the Western Conference favorites are all down 0-1 on their home ice. In the East, last night, again, both road teams won. So eight games have been played so far in the NHL playoffs. Six of the underdogs have won outright. The only two home teams to win so far were the Hurricanes beating the Islanders on Monday night 2-1 and the Bruins beating the Panthers 3-1. That's it. Every other game, the road team has won. And while I was watching the Stars game two nights ago, it reminded me of, remember I told you the other night, I said, I love playoff hockey. I could care less about the regular season, but I will watch playoff hockey until I fall asleep. And it's, (laughs) it's pretty much what I had to do Monday night when that stars and wild game went to double overtime. But here's the reason why I love it because it's the only sport of the major four baseball, basketball, football, and hockey to where when you're in overtime, the game can end at the snap of a finger like that. Anytime someone lines up to shoot slap shot or whatever, a pass, that could be it. That could be the end of the game. could happen at any moment. You just never know in football. If you go to overtime, the other team, if you score, get a field goal, the other team has a chance. In baseball, if the team scores in the top of the inning, the home team has a chance to respond. In basketball, there's a clock. The clock determines when everything is over. Hockey is the one sport where the first team to score wins. It's probably why soccer is popular worldwide. It'll never catch on here to where it's as popular as it is in Europe. Uh, It'll never get that popular here. But that's why I understand, you know, the big tournaments, the big events, the World Cups. I understand those, the importance of those. But it's what I love about hockey. And then especially if you get to a game seven in overtime in the NHL playoffs, I mean, that is just your heart is beating out of your chest. Because, once again, anytime someone lines up to shoot, you just never know if it's going in or not. Because there are very few scores in hockey. We know this. Very few scoring opportunities. I mean, not opportunities, but there's very the scoring is low. You know, look at last night's, or look at Monday night's games. 2-1, 3-1, 3-2, 4-3. Every game. Last night, a couple more blowouts. Higher scoring games. But you know what I'm talking about. Hockey games, you know, you get two or three goals a game. Maybe four or five. So that's what I mean. When there's less opportunities to score, one, it increases the chances for an upset. But two, when you get to overtime, it's not the same as regular season overtime in hockey because you play a five-minute overtime three-on-three and then you go to a shootout. Well, they don't do that in the playoffs. You You can have five overtimes in the playoffs and nobody scores. And... You know, if you watch that Stars game on Monday night, Stars were clearing the puck, and it just went off somebody's skate and rolled right in front of the goalie, and a wild player just happened to be right there and put it in, and that was it. Like, the Stars dominated the first overtime and the second overtime. The puck was always in Minnesota's zone, and they just couldn't get it through. They had a, they had, they had a great the, – the wild goalie made a great save. Gustafson made a great save. A defender dove in front of a guy who had a wide open shot that deflected the puck. We had one puck go off the pipe. Like everything that they had, so many chances, and it just never went for them. But yet, every single one of those, you're like, oh no! You're just you're on the edge of your seat. And like I said, it's the only sport of the four where it ends immediately on one play. And like I said, you get to a game seven overtime, and you're just it's. I had to deal with it last year with Stars and Calgary Flames in the first round. Game 7 up in Calgary. Jake Ottinger was standing on his head. You would think he was close to 60 saves, but all it takes is one to go through, and season was over. So I'm looking forward to it. Game 2 tonight in Dallas. They obviously don't want to fall behind 0-2 at home, even though they were a great away team this year. You just want to tie it up at 1-1. So let's see how many of these Western Conference teams that lost the first game at home come back and win game two. But, yeah, we'll be talking some NHL playoffs for sure. Not every day here on the Sports Daily, but I'll be talking about it because I love, love playoff hockey. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. Please pass this podcast along to your friends. Tell them all about it. I hope you've been enjoying it. I know I have been enjoying doing it for you every day since January 3rd of this year. Outside of Saturdays and Sundays, of course. But, again, thank you all for listening. Rate, subscribe, and review. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See